I think we're all familiar with the faith magazine that comes to us every other month from the diocese, and hopefully we all read it, maybe not always cover to cover. But in this present issue, July and August, the bishop has wrote, <coughs> wrote an article about why there's a homily at Mass. And he cites two reasons why there's a homily. First, to instruct or to teach us, but the second one is to set us on fire for the Lord. And that's what we hear in today's gospel. We hear about fire and division. And we might first think of fire as being destructive, but that's not the way Jesus wants us to think of it. He wants to think of it in his way, in the way he lives his life. And so we know from Old Testament in the burning bush that fire represents God's presence among us. And in the New Testament, the tongues of fire come upon the apostles on Pentecost. And so we have those images in our mind. And maybe even more recently, the most sacred heart of Jesus with the fire around his sacred heart. All ways to teach us and to bring us closer to our Lord in his most sacred heart. But there's a good way to think about fire, the, the good things that come out of fire, besides just the Lord's presence with us. But fire is purifying. And certainly we read about the purification of gold and silver in Scripture and those metals that we might think are most precious. But more precious than the metals are our souls. And so we have purification in the sacraments of baptism and uh, the Eucharist, uh, the sacrament of penance, and in holy, uh, yeah, an anointing of the sick. Get these things straight. And so we know that those are important parts of our life. We also know that fire brings warmth in our life as well. And we may not always have that feeling of being warm or close to Christ, but we certainly have the insurance that he is always with us, whether it's good times or bad. We also know that fire gives us light, and Jesus is the light of the world, but he hands the torch on to us to be the light of Christ for others. And maybe the most passionate way of Jesus living is his desire to do the Father's will to fulfill his mission of why he came to earth for our salvation. And then Jesus talks about division in the families. And that's certainly an experience that we've all had, unfortunately. And people may often start out with disagreements that escalate into arguments or even worse, bitterest dislike for one another. And early in my family life, I remember my father talking about the most important thing for us as brothers and sisters, that we should be each other's best friends and not let things that we think about differently come between us. And although my dad has been gone 26 years, we're still afraid to have those disagreements. We have to kind of follow what our dad asked us to do. And we are still best friends. We share our faith at every opportunity. We know that these divisions can come because we have one group of people who accept the Lord for who he is, who believe in his teachings, who follow him as best they can, and who unite their wills to the will of God versus those that are on the other side that don't seem to like Jesus or reject the teachings of the church. And so 
when we come head to head, that's when we need that fire in our hearts, not to be disagreeable, but to try to do the best we can in explaining what Jesus wants us to do or how he wants us to live. There was a prayer group, and they were discussing the best ways, the best postures to pray. And some of the people in the prayer group, they believed the best posture was to kneel. Others said, it's okay to sit. And others still wanted to stand. Or maybe fold your hands in prayer, or even raise your hands towards heaven. And we may disagree about what the best way to pray is, but all those ways are right. I don't think God matters so much that we have a particular posture, whatever we're comfortable with, but that we lift our hearts and minds to him. And there happened to be an electrician in the room who overheard the conversation. And he came over and said, I've heard what you've been talking about. He said, let me tell you when my best prayer experience was, when I was closest to God, I was up on an electric telephone pole in a thunderstorm. I was hanging upside down, and it was that moment that God heard my prayer, answered my prayer, and that's why I'm still here. And so we all experience those times when we're in the face of electrical storm, we're upside down. We may not feel God very close to us, but if we can remember, if we can pray, if we can ask God to always be there for us, we know that he always will be. This year, we've started the Eucharistic revivals, and that's going to take place in the diocese and the parish um, in the whole country over the next three or four years. And when we think of being on fire for the Lord, we need to reach out ourselves in two different ways to learn more about Jesus and the Eucharist. There's all kinds of literature out there, either in book form or um, on the internet that we can read, not that the teachings about Jesus and the Eucharist in his real presence are any different, but how we come to learn more about his real presence in the Eucharist. And when we receive an education, we get more out of it, especially at the higher levels, if we pay for it ourselves. And so we need to go out and dig out that information. What don't I understand? How can I get closer to the Lord? And we can read those things for ourselves. They're much more meaningful if we do that. And so this is the year that we want to start and be more on fire for the Lord. The other way, certainly, to grow close to our Lord um, is to come to church or the Adoration Chapel more frequently. If we haven't already done that, we may want to begin this year. And so I encourage you to sit with our Lord in prayer to ask him what he wants us to do, not what we want him to do necessarily for us. And when we get to the end of the prayer, we remember the words in our responsorial psalm today, Lord, come to my aid.